Hi, everybody. It's Neil Malawsaw here on the Twilight After Show. Joining me, of course, co-producer Carl Wiggers, along what with up? Kristen Oaks-White and Jennifer Finley's finally joining us She's in again. Here. She's in here. She's joining us for uh, uh, this special edition. I guess it's not really a special edition. It's just special because we have It was special here. the last time she was on here. It it's was. It's special because I'm here. Absolutely. It was special because you were here last time as a, uh, you know, here talking about your field defeats, but this time you're here as... A staff. This is your first time on the podcast, a staff, yes, right? Kristen, isn't this special for you that I'm here? <laughs> Wonderful. Another another female. Yay! Oh, okay. It's going to be a girl power thing now, Neil. To balance yeah. out these ignoramuses. <laughs> ignoramuses. Uh, okay. Dragging their knuckles. Well, hey, I got a, I got a quick question. <laughs> Neil, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over this. Uh, I'm going to hijack this for a second. But okay. Here's your question. Where's Avery? Yes. Yeah, he's on out on special assignment. Special assignment. Not he just was an actually, assignment, special assignment. It's it's funny because we, we finished the show with Avery in here talking podcasts and um he caught the coronavirus he caught the coronavirus sometime between now and there i didn't have i didn't disinfect this mic oh i gotta go home for two weeks even though i just started yeah we'll be back in a couple weeks anyways avery's mia now so what's up with that i i don't know it's uh he's i i think he walked out into another meeting as he is the department uh chair i guess the the department director so yeah. he's he's Getting dragged into a lot of these meetings here. He's lately. very busy and important. Indeed, <laughs> far busier than me. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what have you been doing today? I've been in New Orleans at the Fisheries Expo, which we'll talk about next week. Oh, we can't talk about it. Uh, no, we can talk about it. It's fine. But uh, it sounds like uh, it was awesome. It was. It was a good time. And um, but there's some very serious issues facing that. I don't want to drag things down too much. So let's talk about. Coronavirus. Well, Actually, you were getting ready to interrupt. Let's drag things down. Let's talk about coronavirus. Instead. You were going to interrupt me about something here. You want to take know. off? I think okay. I was actually going to try to get on the topic of the show this week. Well, let's you know? let's Speaking do it. Speaking of drag down, looks Speaking like somebody got down. their ears lowered. <laughs> yeah, I did. Nice I got. I got a. It's a special. It's a big contrast from the the huge hair I had just a couple days ago. I think it looks very nice. Thank Everybody you. in here seems to have gotten uh, haircuts recently, except mm. the girls. I haven't. Have you? You get one every other two days, Carl. I do get one every every couple of days. I haven't in a couple of days. But um, <laughs> speaking of Neil's hair, last week we talked on the podcast about oh boy about our first stories on Twyla. And Jennifer, you weren't in here for that. Your first story on Twyla was only a few weeks ago, or I guess a couple of year a year ago. But we were talking about Kristen's first story ten years ago. My first story was in 2014 as an intern. Neil's was a few years before that. <laughs> with a mullet. And a couple. With a, yesterday, a fro mullet. Yesterday, I was, I, we, Craig Gotro at LSU emailed me and was like, um, we were talking about trying to find some video. He needs some from John Dennison. From John yeah. Dennison. Neil came in with some beta tapes, which are ancient, to me at least. And uh, I went and looked look through them. Kristen, I've got to show you some of these shots of Neil. He does a lot of stand-ups. I've seen him. Has a goatee and much larger uh, amount of hair. You're 29? Is that how old you are? Yes. Yeah. You were 11 when I shot that stuff. I was. and So uh, it is ancient. Yeah, you had probably about 11 pounds 11. of goatee on at the time. <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of, a lot of facial 12. hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like my mom, who's 29, you know. Back in the 20th century. I might have been 13. Right. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. I just had to go there real quick because we talked about it last week, and then I found some of this, you know, lovely, lovely retro vintage Mm -hmm. 
vintage footage. So, anyways, I wanted to just share that with the listeners. I'm going to try to get some of that on the YouTube. So I, that we I can have share it with no the world. doubt that's going to be shared across the world here very shortly. <laughs> it's going well, viral. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of viral, we are going to talk about the coronavirus, but more importantly, we're going to talk about the oil prices. That's uh, the coronavirus and the fears of the economic dropout are going to be uh, are what's affecting the New York Stock Exchange and that kind of thing. But it's oil prices that have the agriculture markets in a tailspin right now. And the reason is, is that oil and corn and soybeans in particular have a very strong relationship. Corn, it's the ethanol. When oil prices drop, the price of gas drops, the demand for ethanol goes down, and that's what corn goes into. A lot of our corn goes into these ethanol markets. A lot of, we've been hearing ethanol plants have been shutting down into, put their them into maintenance mode, and they're going to hold for 30 days, but there's a big question mark at the end of those 30 days because we don't know about the oil situation. Essentially, Russia and the OPEC-producing nations, Saudi Arabia in particular, got in a row about how much production, and Saudi Arabia told Russia to go kick rocks, and they started ramping up their oil production, and so we've got a glut, and that's why oil prices are down. Mm -hmm. It couldn't happen at a worse time because of the coronavirus fallout for us. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it's going to hurt Russia more than anyone else, so the likelihood is they'll come back to the table and hopefully bring back, um, uh, you know, hopefully get into a some kind of agreement with them in terms of production. Not to get too much like political here, but was that a, you know, you talk about the timing being terrible, was that intentional? It's possible. It's just hard for me to see why it would be. Doesn't benefit them, really. Putin right now is trying to introduce a constitutional amendment to extend his reign as president until, until 2036. Mm. So it's not a good time for him to have an economic downturn because, I mean, he's got some political issues to deal with mm. there as well. Um it, it I mean, it does hurt Louisiana for sure, and it hurts our country economically, but we're in a much stronger position than than Russia is economically speaking. Um, so I, I don't really know mm-hmm. for sure, but um, I, I think it's it's really the fact that these um, uh, economic powers are just trying to get the betters of each other. And that's I, I don't think I think it's irrespective of the, the coronavirus. I don't think that they see the coronavirus as a, a major threat to the, the world economy. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I thought about the other day was Brittany and I were driving down the road and we saw that gas prices are down about right. 10 cents just in the, the stations that we pass regularly. And I was kind of I mean, the initial thought is, oh, that's that's good. Great. But mm-hmm. just like this story talks about, I mean, it's not as great for everybody. Right. Well, I mean, the big thing is, is you're seeing so many of these conferences canceled and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And so, I mean, the oil prices are down, but are you going anywhere? I mean, yeah, we're using gas every day to get to work for sure. But a lot of people are are who spend gas to go to conferences and that kind of thing. They're not going to spend it. I mean, I'm hearing all kinds of people who have canceled uh, conferences and that sort of thing. Yeah, I actually got a notification a few minutes ago, uh, 27 minutes ago, that the NCAA announced it will hold men's and women's basketball tournaments without fans. Wow. So March Madness is not going to be super mad. Um, There probably be some mad fans that probably had tickets, but no doubt. Talk about like you know some, you know uh, I guess uh, at the outcome of of people's kind of I guess the. uh, the fallout, mm-hmm. I guess, as, as we're starting to see it here with conferences or, I mean, sporting events now, these are and that big ten, reactions. 
10 days ago, a week to 10 days ago, Japan had its big sumo tournament and they banned it. And so it was this weird thing of like the first time ever with no fans. I mean, that's their national sport since Mm -hmm. prehistory. And there was nobody in the stands. It was dead silent as these sumo wrestlers went. So if we see the same thing here, if we're 10 days behind there, uh, you know, it's it's pretty serious. So hopefully all of this stuff, I mean, if this is the worst of it, then we'll definitely come back up quickly. And, and that's what we can hope for and look forward to. Um, but, Although today uh, they're saying in the news conference, this is not the worst of it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I guess what I mean is that if we're if we're at it or, or getting close to the bottom here, then Let's then the hope. up will be will will hopefully come up quickly. Uh, we'll see, though. It's it's a it's a big question mark. And um you know, what else is there out there that's going to affect us here? Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully nothing. Hopefully it'll be uh, – will pass quickly, um, especially for our farmers who are getting ready to make planting decisions who are already facing a lot of rainfall that mm-hmm. has delayed their corn planting. It's still raining, you know, uh, it seems like just in time to interrupt that interrupt yeah, As soon planting. as the field dries out, it's getting wet again. Hopefully yep. I'll be out in the field next week talking with a couple of farmers that are trying to plant and uh, – you know, just seeing what's on their minds about that. That's kind of my plan for next week's show is to have a story about that. So okay. uh, getting out in the field, that's kind of my goal. So. Right. And I don't think sunshine's in the forecast next week either. It's not in the forecast for my weekend plans. Uh. It's kind of a bummer. Yep. But what do you do? I mean, it's it's everywhere. Right. Well, we did talk a little bit about fisheries, but we have a lot about crawfish this week. There's a Jennifer, whole section of the show. You got a, you've got some an interesting, really interesting crawfish piece. Tell us about that. Well, I, this is the maybe this is the lighthearted piece that we were looking for. Yeah. Um, so this is the this week was actually the Tuesday right after Mardi Gras is the fourth annual pardoning of the crawfish, Emile the crawfish, named after. Um, a lieutenant governor. One thing that was interesting is one of the descendants, a niece, was there uh, representing oh, wow. um, this past lieutenant governor uh, from 1904. 44. Oh, was it? 44 to 48, I think is what it was. Oh, was and then he, he went graduated to. graduated from UL, I think, so, area. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I can't oh, remember. Oh, my goodness. I meant to bring my – Yeah, wrote it. It's in the piece. <laughs> but anyway, she was there uh, representing, and um, there were all these beauty queens there. I was there. about to say, you had some beauty queens I there know. That's well. always so fun. You couldn't help um, yourself, right? No. Miss UL was all uh, dressed in red and looking fabulous, and I – she said, oh, I can't have that crawfish upstaging me at my <laughs> own university. So I had to wear red, and she looked beautiful. Mm. Um, and then the Brobridge crawfish queen, she was there, and she was all in red, too. And there was just this one crawfish that they saved and they pardoned. And uh, Lieutenant Governor, current Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser was saying that he was at the White House talking to Mike Pence at Vice President Pence at some point. And they were talking about the pardoning of the turkey at the White House and what a big deal and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Billy Nungesser said, well, you know, in Louisiana, we pardon the crawfish. And quote, unquote, he said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> or something like that. That's what Mike Pence said. Well, that's what uh, Mike – and I have a hard time believing that Vice President Pence used the word hell. But <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe, but anyway, that's the story the Philly guard. tells. Yeah, it's funny. And um, and he said, well, you know, back in Louisiana, well, I'm not doing a voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> we pardon the back in Louisiana. <laughs> we pardon the crawfish, and so anyway, it's a new tradition. They do it at the University of Lafayette in a great setting. Um, then they have a. And they have a, a, a Cajun band, then they have crawfish a huge bowl. crawfish bowl. Um, all the students come out, they Ironically. get trays of crawfish. Everybody was just having a, a great time and celebrating over Emil, who was sitting in his cage crawfish and, mm-hmm. you know, backing up. Hanging out in a little aquarium or oh. terrarium, I guess. <laughs> so that was my piece. You mentioned voices. The, the Bro Bridge Crawfish Queen has a voice that you can do pretty well from the Bro Bridge area. You know anybody that? Can you, can you do can you do your uh, your bro bridge? What's that now? Please. <laughs> your voice, your your Wait, Cajun girl voice. Going? Oh, I gotta crawl out from the other side of a bus right now. <laughs> you do a great one. I love it. Who? What? What are you talking about? Your crawfish. Your your crawfish voice. Cajun voice. Your Cajun voice. Well, man, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's really good. Well, I lived with Allison. I know. who broke me into my Cajun. No relation. No, not you. <laughs> But yeah, I lived with her for two years, and I f- I feel like I have a habit of picking up accents of whoever I'm around because I pick up Landon's atrocious <laughs> dialect husband. often. Yes, Kristen has a little known talent. She's actually a very good mimic. She can she can really imitate That's people fantastic. very well. I can't wait to learn more. You missed your calling as an impressionist comedian. I really think. Well, may thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got introduced into all kinds of Cajun cultures living with her. I had no idea that there was a difference between rice and minute rice until I lived with her. <laughs> we had grown up eating minute rice my entire life. Uh, I did not know what rice and gravy, their version of rice and gravy was, and she taught me how to make that. So, she you Do how to you make it? Yeah. I, I don't do it. Well, the, the first time that I went home and I was going to make it for mom and dad, and I— called her to see how do you season the rice and gravy and she said you cover it in cayenne pepper <laughs> and I or she said season it with cayenne pepper so I coated the pieces <laughs> of steak in cayenne pepper from front to back and my dad didn't eat anything hot mm. it was so spicy that I had to wash it off and it <laughs> the gravy made the rice red that's how spicy nice. it was wow. it was inedible <laughs> So, That's a I'm so hoping. Tell you to do that. <laughs> Can you just do the rest of the podcast in that voice? <laughs> May I try? <laughs> I'll try me. All right. Uh, Sorry. Moving on to some other happy news. Um, Ronnie Anderson. It's it's not happy that he's retiring, but he's been getting a lot of honors here. Mm-hmm. Um, both Congressman Ralph Abraham as well as Senator John Kennedy mm-hmm. in the House and Senate, respectively. Called uh, called him uh, attention to it that he's been serving as president for 31 years of the Louisiana Farm Bureau, and he's celebrating 51 years at Farm Bureau mm. in various roles. 20 years before that, um, it's it's really hard to get your mind wrapped yeah. around it. I mean, Farm Bureau has been Ronnie Anderson since I've known Farm Bureau. Mm. I hope he's not leaving because I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that's it. No. He, well, it was neat, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny in in John Kennedy's. Uh, address he says that and he says 51 years yes I, I know some of you pages that are walking around this room probably can't imagine someone sticking with an organization or a, a job mm-hmm. that long but it really happens and 
Ronnie. Ron, wow. he, 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 it's pretty neat because you have to actually clarify. No, that's not a typo. He's really been committed to this organization for that long. Mm-hmm. Like and it's, it's a testament to his service mm-hmm. that they valued him enough to stand up and speak. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty neat seeing that from the you know state capitol. It's on C-SPAN, mm-hmm. the video that we're using, and it's like, that's it's a pretty big deal. So. I, I think the word to me that comes to mind when I think about Ronnie is benevolence, is he's so good to everyone around him. And that's the that's what he the tool that he's used to build up this organization is that when you deal with him and the reason he has so much influence both among his employees, which I'm one of, and at the state and national capitals is people know he means the best for any organization he he represents um, and he looks out for the common interest. I mean, he's really He's been there 31 years for a good reason, mm-hmm. and that is because he's been both effective and so just good to the people he's been around. Yeah, and Congressman Abraham referenced that in, uh, in his little address was – I say little address. In his address, he referenced that and being like that Mr. Ronnie has been the absolute advocate for Louisiana farmers mm-hmm. and an incredible resource for – Congressman Abraham, as he's been, you know, even when he was right just getting into Congress, he said, I, I turned to Ronnie to see what, how this affects all of Louisiana. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Congressman Abraham's on our ag committee. Right. And it, I mean, he needs to know what Louisiana farmers think. I mean, he understands that his district pretty well because he's, you know, very connected with the farming community. But talking to Mr. Ronnie and having the entire state covered, he's always working on that. And it's, it's really, a, it was neat to see. Both of those, you know. Well, when I was looking into this particular job, one of the things that I found so very attractive was the loyalty to Farm Bureau. I mean, there are a lot of people within this organization that have been here a very long time, and that always speaks to the top. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to have a, a staff that sticks around, then you look at the leader, and mm-hmm. the leader looks around, mm-hmm. and if anyone's following, and he's doing a good job. So obviously he was doing a really good job, and that was super attractive when I was looking at Farm Bureau. Yeah. And even away from the as, – as a boss, he's just a great person to mm-hmm. talk to. No yeah. doubt. Anybody that interacts with him. There's very few people that I would want to be stuck in a room with for the rest of my life and not be – that I could stand – None of us, to right? To talk to. <laughs> At, yeah, she's kind of really stuck the rest in a room of your life. You would life. even be able to be stuck in the but room with one could, person. But he could because I wow. you just you can just have a conversation with him about anything, mm-hmm. and it's wow. enjoyable. And that's to me that's a good quality in a person to have yeah. as a boss or, or just as a human being. Well, and also the volumes. fact that he's approachable, like he's our boss. Yes, but you can stand next to him on a sidewalk and just have a the most down to earth normal He went out of his way to welcome me at convention, and mm-hmm. it really took me off guard because I was working, and I just thought, gosh, that was – and it, so did Vivian. I mean, his I wife was yeah. just uh, as she's, lovely. She's a saint. Yeah, just as kind. Uh, the great thing about them is I, what I really respect when I, when I look at leadership, I look and see whether or not they're leading. And um, so many bosses lead from fear. Do this or you're fired. And – that's never an issue. I've never felt that that this organization, that was never – I mean, certainly there were expectations, but it was always we're reaching for this standard. We're – you know, it's always 
And that's why he gets such good performance out of people. When he treats people well, instead of just doing the bare minimum, they're reaching for excellence. Nothing's ever, you know, good enough. We're always trying to do more and do better. And in serving the farmers and ranchers of the state, that's what they need. And so um, that leadership is just uh, priceless. Mm -hmm. So is kindness. No doubt. Mm -hmm. And And rare. (laughs) uh, Right. And to what to speak to what Kristen was saying, I mean, talk about a real open door policy. That right. was always anybody in this organization from the janitor up could walk in his office and say, hey, I need this. And and they would do it. I've, That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right. Well, he uh, will be missed. He will indeed be missed. But he's not going a, anywhere. Let's, right. Let's, let's set the yeah. record straight. He's, he's not he's going not dead. anywhere. He's not dead. He's <laughs> right. not dead. Yeah. He's, uh, he's actually still going to be serving on the board for another year. His an ex officio. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be he'll be still around and still be. Hopefully somewhat involved. It's just that, you know, we've had his he's 51 years. Jim Monroe was 48 years. Henry Bernard, our company's uh, attorney, 55 years. Wow. All of that walked out of the door in the last two years. Mm. So it's it's a lot. It's a seismic shift in this organization. And the only reason I'm not more upset about it is I think they've left it in good hands. I think that they're you know, they they really did a great job of not only steering the ship but grooming the next generation another for it. true testament to great leadership absolutely mm-hmm. it's a pattern i hope we follow forever he's gonna have trouble getting out of that uh board seat though when he finds out his shoes are gorilla glued to the floor because mm-hmm. i'm doing it you're gonna do it <laughs> on the last board meeting you just got to leave his shoes there yeah <laughs> be a tough day vivian would probably help you with those things down well, finally, I just want to talk about um, Avery's piece, which is he went to – it's this week in Florida. He went to uh, yeah. the beef tour, and they toured all around um, Florida. Of course, as we talked about, Kristen's um, uh, first story was there. They He went to the that dairy. What was Dink the name of that dairy? Dinkin Dairy. And um, – but he also went to a lot of other places, and uh, it should be a, a really good, insightful thing. They gain so much out of those beef tours, and they seem to get better every single year. Well, and uh, it looks like they, they hit a lot more than just beef right. operations, because yeah. I saw they went to a lettuce yep. farm. Yeah, it was more than just cattle, which was, was neat. lettuce, yeah. yeah. And, it um, was a huge lettuce farm. Dairy, obviously, so. Yeah. Uh, South Florida is really interesting. Um, I got a taste of it when I, we went to that American Farm Bureau convention a few years ago. Um, we drove south out of Orlando into some of the the stuff near where U.S. Sugars is located, mm. and it's just a it's kind of an it's interesting country out yeah. there. You know, I can say that for sure. Well, I'm excited about seeing the piece. It should be um, it's part one of two. I think there's going to be another story next week. In the That's show. right. He did say in, on on air before he got coronavirus and disappeared. <laughs> that he'll be <laughs> hopefully getting that package done and talking about more the research side and uh, of what's going on in Florida, which is always neat to see what other states are doing and kind of how our research and, you know, the ag centers mm-hmm. here kind of compare to their uh, in other states. So this should be neat. Yeah, I, I think that we should make up something bad. If we're going to just lie about his disappearance, we should say he was abducted by aliens rather than I knew you were about to say abducted you know? by aliens. I, mean, I almost said it too. Well, that's better. I mean, that's a more interesting story, don't you think? If we're just going to outright lie. He was abducted by El Cuco. El Cuco. If you've watched The Outsider, you would know. I have not. I, I haven't. Episode no, three. Sorry. Here it Spanish comes. for the boogeyman. I the boogeyman. See. It's not the literal translation. Is that the guy in the hood with the non-face? Yes. Oh. 
very cool. Is that him? I thought I thought I heard him walking by. <laughs> it, it may have been him. <laughs> um, Cuckoo. <laughs> He's back. Last thing to talk about. Last, Last thing, thing to talk, to talk about. about. The finally, my finally. favorite thing to talk about. Can we talk about it? Say it. Podcast. Say the podcast. What we're doing right here. It's kind of meta. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this at you. It's yeah. me, it's kind of meta talking you. about podcasts on podcasts. But we have a couple new ones uh, that I wanted to make sure we talked about because I think if you're listening to this podcast, you would probably find the other couple pretty interesting. And one of them features Jennifer Finley. Yay! Our, our Louisiana Farm Life Farm podcast. Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about it a few weeks ago on the show, and I think we might have talked about it here on the podcast, but it's the uh, story that you did with Maggie Long, Mushroom Maggie, out of St. Francisville. And uh, what you, what were your kind of takes from that, that well, interview with I think with what, I'm, what I'm enjoying about the podcast format is that when I went out there and did the piece, we talked about a lot of things, but when you're putting together the video and it's, you know, five or six minutes, which is pretty long video for us, um, you don't you, you have to decide which layers you use. And you do the first layer, the second layer, the third layer, but the fourth and fifth layers, I mean, mm-hmm. it just becomes a little bit too deep to just touch on and then leave. Yeah. Starts um, getting a documentary level. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you can't just throw little things out there. Like my husband was shackled at the funeral when, you know, after his, his brother OD'd and that's how we reconnected. I mean, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put it in perspective. You really do. actually a story from this podcast. If that hooks you yeah <laughs> teaser <laughs> but i mean there Not there's so up. many there's so many of those stories and so she felt like she really wanted to tell her story i mean mm-hmm. she actually came to me ready to tell her story and so you want to give somebody that the proper time to do that you don't want to rush them you want to have that format that they can sit down and feel like they're safe and that this is a positive because she feels like her story can really help others. And I agree with her. So the podcast format to me allows you to take what you did in the video and then come inside the studio and then really get deeply involved with the story and go and do that deep, deep dive. So mm-hmm. um, I hope to be able to deep dive with a lot of people after we do um, do our videos about them. Yeah. I know you're cool. excited about that uh, grassroots government podcast. I am, and that's what you're saying. It leads perfectly into that because that's one of the things that we had discussed. Um, I I'd had this conversation with Andy Brown, our national affairs coordinator here at Farm Bureau, and Joe and I and Avery, we've all kind of talked around about this and, you know, with our grassroots government video that we're fixing to have to start back up anyways because it's time for the session. The session started this week, legislative session in Louisiana. Some of the things that we want to talk about, we really can't do in, you know, 90 seconds to two minutes, something in that range. You can't really unpack something. Right. So context is the the word that we kind of kept coming back to. You know, Andy can't, you know, just throw out a little 45 second soundbite and explain what's going on in D.C. So we're like, well, podcast seems like the obvious place to really be able to get in the weeds maybe a little bit, or but really give context to these issues for instance, this week we talked about tort reform. And, you know, somebody might hear that on, you know, and see it at face value and be like, oh, well, what's what's a farmer care about tort reform? Well, while we're talking about it, we can actually get into that. And that's what I think is really valuable about having a podcast type of a, uh, a platform to use. And we do exactly that. There's not stuff we have to leave out. There aren't issues we have to leave out. Um, and it's a conversation. It's not 
um, you know, something super scripted. We have kind of an idea of what we want to talk about, but it's a conversation. So usually I'm the guy, I, 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 we've done one episode and I can already tell I'm going to be the guy that asks the really dumb questions just because I don't really understand because Avery's Mr. There's about no the such news. thing as a dumb question. I usually ask them. Um, <laughs> in fact, this in this episode, Joe says something in you know uh, Latin. He said, "We all know what so and so means," and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> no, I, "I didn't don't. ask," because he, he he eventually clar- clarified. But I'm sitting there going, "No, we don't all know what that means." <laughs> um, whatever Latin is for blank slate, you know what that is? Nope. Nobody knows what it is. Tabula rasa. Okay, Neil knows what it is. He's a nerd. Well, Neil knows everything. Neil knows Let's everything. be fair about it. Just this. didn't want to answer it before Neil did. Did you know it? <laughs> oh, okay. Tabulus la rasa. Oh, man. Well, I'm just an idiot then. Anyways, I didn't know. I'm going to ask those kind of questions and uh, just say, hey, just clear this up so anybody listening doesn't have any questions. So, grassroots government, that's a lot to talk about. But we have a new Farm Life podcast, Louisiana Farm Life. We'll link it in the show notes. We'll have also grassroots government that will be linked as well, but we we have both of them in the show this week, so I wanted to talk about them so that anybody could go and find them. So probably time to subscribe. do one on coronavirus and how it's going to affect our farmers. Uh, that would be interesting. Get I would leads. listen. You'd listen to that. I would. It's already affecting the cattle markets. I read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we talk about that in the show as well. Good, but. We talk about it on the surface within what we can fit into the show. That's something exactly a deep dive would help with. Yep. Put it in perspective. All right. Well, I think that about does it. On behalf of Kristen Oaks-White, Jennifer Finley, and Carl Wiggers, I'm Neil Malasson. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Merci you later. If you can, subscribe to us on your favorite place to get podcasts. Also, leave us a review wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, and let us know what you think about the show. Reviews are great, but sharing is how you show that you're caring. So bring (laughs) your mother in, bring your sister in, share this podcast with them, let them know that you enjoy listening to the Twyla After Show. And don't forget this podcast is produced by the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. 